0: Welcome back to Exquisitely Aligned. I'm your host, Gina Meyer-Vincent, and your personal soul shifter, here to help you define and design the destiny you desire and deserve, the one where essentially you become exactly what's missing in the world. And today my host has done, my host, my guest has done exactly that. I am excited to introduce you to Brian Rutberg. Brian's passion is sharing love, which is, you know, the four letter word that I live by, which he does personally and also professionally as he works with leaders and their organizations to show love, understanding and appreciation for customers and teaches that love leads to deeper loyalty, greater understanding, and lots more fun for everyone, which I agree completely. And I do believe that is something that we're kind of uh, some days missing in the world and parts of the world. So, Brian, thank you for being with me, me today. I'm so excited to chat with you.
1: Jean, it's a pleasure. Thanks for the invitation to join you.
0: You're welcome. So I believe, Brian, we know each other a little bit, right? Um, having worked together, but not having this discussion before. Um, I know very loosely little things that I'm excited to go deeper in today because I always like our conversations to be authentic. And I do believe that life extends us invitations, Sometimes it feels like a party, other times it does not feel anything near like a party. These invitations encourage us to discover opportunities and that sometimes they're cleverly concealed as obstacles. I find personally that most people overlook them because let's face it, when they look like an obstacle, people wanna go the other way. But I believe <laughs> that I've, I know I've heard you say that you've been through something that has fully changed your life and your business. And that always brings me goosebumps. So I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> so, you know, this this conversation will go all in different directions. and um, And I always am excited about that. But let's start with, I believe, this had something to do with one of your children. So you want to begin with telling us what exactly was that? How did it feel, look like, et cetera? And then we'll just go on from there.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we have, um, we're blessed with two fabulous kids, uh, an older daughter and a younger son. And when our daughter was Looking back, we can see that there were times in our daughter's young, young life when she was showing signs of what we later learned as she became an adolescent, classic presentation of obsessive compulsive disorder.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: The touching rituals, the in her case, the need to lay out her clothes just perfectly before she went to bed, otherwise fearing that certain terrible things would happen complete disassociation of reality and consequences and so you know so so as to leave something for for other questions and answers the, the punchline of all of this is my wife and I in addition to going through some therapy with her both as she fought the OCD and beat it back only to reveal an underlying significant anxiety disorder We discovered things about ourselves and ways of looking at the world through, in this case, dialectical behavioral therapy that were just completely unknown to us. Different tactics for coping, different ways of looking at the world, different ways of experiencing without judgment. And different ways of reacting to things, excuse me, responding to things, being able to respond to things without reacting
0: right. to
1: them. Yeah, just keeping our heads about us and yeah. checking our version of reality versus objective reality. And it was right. great for our daughter, who's now a you know successful young lady who's got a wonderful husband and a fantastic job and is leading a, I guess you would call it perfectly normal life. And it, it changed the trajectory for my wife and me.
0: Yeah, I love that. And and I think that this is, um, right, these things happen so often. And I love, I, I wrote myself a bunch of notes already, so I can see I'm going to have you here for three hours. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> but, you know, the I believe that, we are kind of forced into this one size fits all life or paradigm where we are told or, or encouraged to believe certain things, right? And then we lose our sense of groundedness. And look if you look at like kindergarten through twelfth grade, through college, through et cetera, nowhere are they taught coping skills. Right. Never. I mean, there, I do have actually a brilliant teacher, Debbie Fiallo, using the opening to possibilities cards with her third graders. And I cannot remember the name of the, um, there's a new class that's been implemented for about third graders where they are able to have discussions on how they feel and how to cope with things. So she brought the, she brings the cards in. And uses them to ask questions to dig a little deeper with these children, which I absolutely love. And I know it's it's gone around the country. Um, I wish I could remember the name of the class. But of course, your daughter is not in third grade, nor are my kids. And um, it happens so often. And I think the other things you wrote said that I wrote down are looking at the world right through these new eyes And we have this, in my opinion, we have choices all day long. I mean, we're blessed when we wake up, in my opinion. We're blessed when we wake up and our feet hit the ground in the morning, that we can do exactly what you're talking about, Brian, about changing the way we see things, changing the way we experience things, like you said, going from reacting to something, like somebody comes at you with their fire, and then you throw more fuel on top of it. And before you know it, you have a blowout, you know, a raging fire that maybe the windows are shaking, right? And um, so you've touched on so many things that I, I love. And the fact that you and I believe your wife and both of your children were able to embrace this, instead of what I see often is kind of pushing it under the rug, thinking if we don't talk about it, <laughs> it won't happen, uh, <laughs> right?
1: And the the one thought about that, and but pre, before that, your comment about how this isn't taught in grade schools or middle or high schools is exactly right. One of the first things that my wife and I scratched our head and asked ourselves as we began learning. These dialectical behavioral therapy principles that have so many cognates and various streams of religious thought and and other self-awareness and 12-step programs. And they all kind of align at the same place. Why isn't this being taught in schools? (laughs) We felt. Silly that when we were in our what middle, late 40s, when all of this was going down with our daughter, it's like, how is it we are just gaining this unbelievable gift of self-awareness mm-hmm. that our daughter is going to have with her from the time you know she went through this as an adolescent? And she's yeah. way better off for it in her 20s yes. now than we feel we ever were in our 20s. Yeah. No, it is. It's a marvelous way of thinking about the way the world works and how we work within it and how we align and interact with every other soul on the planet.
0: Exactly. And, you know, um, the word emotional intelligence, I think a lot of people uh, may not like shrug their shoulders. What does that mean? Right. And um, I've had uh, someone in my inner circle uh he and his wife lacking emotional intelligence as to how they treated my husband and I in our relationship, you know, with them. And it was, it, you know, to the point where we sat down and said, Hey, this is what we expect and appreciate from people who are in our inner circle. And um we thought it landed properly. And there was an understanding until it happened again. And now it's happened for a third time. And they're, you know, it's like, but what I find is oftentimes if somebody hasn't had adversity in their life, like a child needing help or myself, a husband kind of <laughs> falling apart, needing a kidney and liver transplant, you know, or it could be a, a trouble in a marriage or a divorce or, um, drug addiction. I mean, the list, uh, Even just not even just right, because that makes it downplays it, but losing a, a high paying job in your career. You know, these things, if we don't have a way of being grounded, a way of seeing, like you said, the positives and becoming enlightened by these um so-called obstacles, what looks to the outside world as an obstacle, you're welcoming, like, hey, we got this. We will figure this out. We will get her the right help, ourselves. And I love that you were all bonded for the same goal.
1: Yeah, no, it was a a, a political type. I, I think someone who was like a campaign manager or something who maybe it was during the Clinton administration or his his first run for president. You know, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. And I'm sure there have been plenty of other sage uh, right. folks throughout history who have used phrases like that. Mm-hmm. When you yeah. are faced with that kind of a real emotional moment, whether mm-hmm. as in your case, it's a husband falling apart as you put mm-hmm. it or in mine daughter or, and I've been through, separations from companies I had worked with and enjoyed working in and we have had other things go on with our other child, none quite so dramatic as as the, the obsessive compulsive disorder, which was truly disabling for a period of time. If you don't commit to growing through those experiences, right. if you don't find the well of love within you to look at the person and think you're not an obstacle, you're my vessel. And this is an opportunity. You're, you're missing out.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's,
1: it's, it is to your loss. This phrase you used from my short bio of, you know, if you bring more love into your work, and I work in the world of you know, big businesses for the most part, if you bring love into work, it is way more fun for everyone. <laughs> it's just a better world when we show up with our hearts exposed yeah. a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. And and that brings me to vulnerability. And I used that word before we even hit the record button, right? I said, if you're in, open to being vulnerable and transparent today, I'd love to talk about you know, your feelings and stuff and how this looked like and affected your family. And and we'll get into that. But I, I, I've done a lot of research in my 20 years of, of this work of um, helping others kind of see the world in a different way, kind of the things you were talking about earlier and experiencing in it. Um, because I was told by many people that I do wear rose colored glasses and I always find that as a compliment, but one of them didn't mean it as a compliment. So that was, that was, you know, like, oh, well, you're lost, you know, cause it's really nice when you look through the rose colored glasses, I'll loan you up again, Yeah. Your <laughs>
1: interpretation is what counts. It's up to yeah. you to take the input and turn it into
0: mm-hmm. the reality you want exactly and the experience that you're looking for right i mean we're so blessed to wake up in the morning and and have these abilities to have these experiences with other humans animals etc journeying traveling uh, and so forth but the um tell us a little bit like what was it like were you and your wife immediately on the same um, I, I mean, you both were in agreement that, yes, we want to help her, right? But I'm sure it was not like a quick and easy fix. Like, oh, okay, so we made a decision on Monday at noon, and by Wednesday at, at noon, everything was finished, you know? So it's it's a journey. What did that look like as your daughter is learning some new things and you're learning along with her, uh, you know, the good, the bad, and and the in-between?
1: Yeah. My wife and I had for all the years, we were friends before we were married and then fell in love and moved towards marriage. And in those couple of years we had together before there were kids in the picture and the years leading up to our daughter's OCD presentation, we've, we've found ourselves pretty aligned most of the time and Mm -hmm. here I was the one who was out in the world working. Sharon had stopped working when our kids were quite young because Mm -hmm. we decided that part of our values was giving them the gift of someone regularly around. Mm -hmm. So she ended up taking the lead and I largely followed trusting her instincts the mm-hmm. places where we found we were in agreement you know, talking a pillow talk before you know after the kids were off to bed we wanted to make our daughter part of the decision to take a step and the conversation we had with her was when you feel this is affecting your life mm-hmm. social life school life You speak up and we'll be right on it. So we made the commitment early to as soon as she decided that she had had enough of lagging behind a group of friends when they were walking someplace because she had her touching rituals she needed to do along the way Mm -hmm. or it was interfering with her ability to stay awake in school. We wanted her to guide us to the conclusion and I'm sure we would have pushed harder had she not at some point come to us and said
0: sure
1: you know (laughs) let's do this going through the process the OCD work was our support at home and our daughter went through the therapy side of it on her own with her therapist yeah once the underlying anxiety disorder showed up and she had largely beaten the OCD, that's where we began going to, in addition to her talk therapy with her therapist, we started going to a family therapy session where several kids who were in similar positions to our daughter came Mm -hmm. together and one or both parents were with them.
0: And this was where
1: we were introduced to the DBT. And for a year's worth of Monday afternoons, I got out of work early. I met Sharon at the house or she picked me up at a bus stop. And we went to a building here in downtown Seattle and we experienced this. And we were no less students than our daughter was. Mm -hmm. And we watched her reaction to the thing. And it was, it was not easy on our marriage only in the respect that, it gets very easy to look at a long process and go for a while without seeing right. much in the way of progress. Right. Trusting it's going to come, but not knowing for sure. Yeah. And we each had our dark moments of the soul, as it were, where we looked at the other again after the kids were in bed or out of earshots. Does this get better? And you yeah. you know through the whole thing that there's a chance it won't. And, and that at different times drove each of us a little cuckoo but we were there for each other through that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, right. The saying is uh, sometimes these things, they either bring you closer together or separate you drive you apart. And I'm glad that you were able to support each other through that. I mean, that is amazing and beautiful, not just for the two of you, but your family of four. And, um, and the continuing growth, right? Because now you have a a son-in-law as well. And so, you know, I think that being able to, I I once time heard it as a speed bump. And I love that because I'm a visual person, as you know, that life, there are times in life where you have to slow down and and me, the New Yorker in me wants to go, you know, not that I drive fast. I live somewhere beautiful. I like to drive slowly. The kids are always like, people are passing you. And I'm like, well, I'm taking in the beauty of nature here. It's so amazing. I'm still new here. But I do like to move quickly in the sense of whatever I'm working on or whoever I'm working with in, in helping them. And there are times where we just have to slow down and and not know right how close that light at the end of the tunnel really right. is you know are we are we in this marathon or we are almost near the end and uh, we're we're right at the switch where we get to turn on the lights we don't have to look for that light coming through the tunnel so that's incredible tell us a little bit about like watching your daughter i'm going to use the word transform from one way of being and living to you know getting down to the what i think you were i'm guessing is the root cause of what was causing this anxiety
1: yeah and i don't know that it was so much finding a root cause as knowing that regardless of root cause whatever may be spiking the anxiety at any given moment being able to mm-hmm. recognize the triggers yeah. And knowing that you have been that we all carry within us a set of coping skills that once activated reduces our anxiety. Mm hmm. So there could be hey, there still are any number of things that cause our daughter with the diagnosed back when anxiety disorder, but also everyone else in our family and the people we've brought close to us. We now are all of us better at recognizing this thing I'm about to do is going to be hard or I am uncertain about it because it's the first time Mm -hmm. and being able to check the facts, appreciate that we are having these thoughts because they are common, expected, Mm -hmm. ordinary thoughts and that it doesn't mean it needs to send our blood pressure through the roof or (sighs) us running in the other direction to get away from it. Right. Um, My wife has recently expanded her business. I'm in the middle of going through some transformation in mine, having hit a milestone birthday and looking at where I want to be as I near retirement age and grandparent age. And I I know we're just both of us and our son and his emotionally healthy girlfriend. We all and our daughter's husband. We are all of us good now at not caring as much where the anxiety is coming from, but being able to identify it when it shows its head and Mm -hmm. say, yeah, I, I know you, we can even be friends. Come on in. Let's have our moment. I'll sit with it. Right. And now it's time to move on. And you know, thanks for your input.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. I always say awareness is the first step, right? You use the word appreciate. So appreciate what's going on. An awareness in anything, whether it's uh, just awareness of how you're feeling, even if it's not anxious, but uh, sad or unfulfilled or um, anything, joy, so forth. Frustrated, is, yeah. I yeah, see. frustrated, uh, lonely, whatever that is, is, you know, I, I always want my clients to acknowledge and, and have that awareness that, hey, something is I'm feeling something and and then feel into it. Don't uh, try to, again, brush it under the, the rug, but really feel into it and then understand it. And like you said, um, I think you said identify, but, you know, other, we see it the same way. I, we just choose different words based on um, our backgrounds. I, um, with my training, 20 years of having worked with, people in all different ways shapes and forms uh one thing i want to just say and i'm not talking about your daughter or this situation in general but just something for the listener to understand that energy is all around us and it's something i love sharing really in depth with my clients i had one just really shifts in such a big way that um her friend Liza just said, oh my gosh, you are, you know, vibrating at a totally new level. And I see how it's affecting everything going on in your life, what you're attracting. It's just, you know, And I said to my client, oh my gosh, that's wonderful on so many levels. But the thing is that even when a baby is in utero, uh, it can pick up things from its mother emotionally or its mom's surroundings so for instance my mother fell when i was in utero and broke Mm. her arm i think in manhattan while she was working in manhattan and you know that can. sorry
1: high stress event
0: yeah exactly and so you know being preparing for a child etc but You know, there are, there are different things. Sometimes it's ancestral that'll bring in. Sometimes it's, it's an organ out of balance can cause anxiety. It's typically liver. That's where it comes from. Um, but, uh, yeah, being able to have those coping skills are wonderful. And, you know, kudos to each of you for taking the learnings that she was able to experience and uh, apply and implement into your life. So let's talk about in your business, because I do believe when we've been through these uh, opportunities and we find enlightenment, oftentimes we want to share it with the world in a big way. And I commend you, Brian, for doing exactly that, uh, because I love working with um, change makers who are here to put more love. That's a great vibration out into the world. And with love comes compassion, then moves to oneness and joy, et etc but um what did that like did you know exactly what that was going to be when it happened, or did it take a little self discovery or a journey how did it how did it unfold for you
1: it the latter it it was definitely a journey on my part. it was a gift to be given to not only See the challenges and accept them and be ready to move with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But also, and this may have been even transfer, this may have been more transformational, is recognizing that it is to take a snapshot in your brain of a moment and realize the feeling won't last. And mm-hmm. apply it equally to the good stuff as the bad stuff right across the spectrum and be able to say, this is a moment I want to remember and I want to, it to stick with me and I want to appreciate this feeling in this moment. Mm-hmm. It was that chase that made me think about other times in my life before I found myself quite so self-aware with the right vocabulary and the right coping skills for when the times were bad to when was I feeling that unmitigated joy. And it took a bit of working with different clients and sharing some of the thoughts or interpreting what they were telling me through a particular lens to make me realize there is something here. Mm
0: -hmm. There is
1: a universal law, if you will, that when you do all the things that ancient, ancient wisdom do unto (laughs) others as you would have them do unto you. Right. And that Mm -hmm. comes from every major religious uh, tract. It's, some of the things we mentioned before 12 step programs it's dialectical behavioral therapy it's treating every soul like they deserve it well what was i good at for the 20 years i had a corporate career Mm -hmm. i was good at being a clear communicator and at building relationships individual to individual and company to company Mm -hmm. at the point where it dawned it dawned on me over time that the side of my life that felt like private and family time had the same impact waiting for it over on the professional side. So I had been helping people be clear communicators and Mm -hmm. use the gift of avoiding misunderstanding by the way they communicated. Mm -hmm. I had been helping people learn how to do that as a speech writer, as a presentation coach for a while. And mm-hmm. I have been helping companies build corporate-to-corporate relationships, usually with customers, but sometimes with their partners, their suppliers, their yeah. shareholders. But it all comes down to the same thing. Relationships are relationships. Mm-hmm. And so now getting the chance to work with often sales types or customer support types and help them feel those words you used compassion. I don't remember if you said empathy, but you know, they're so tightly aligned Mm
0: -hmm. being
1: able to Mm -hmm. use those skills. It was a journey that got me there. And then it's just in the last year or so that I've kind of had, this was the milestone birthday moment. It's only recently had it's true flowering where I've leaned hard into it and started talking much more in a much more self-aware way in a much more intentional way to people who get the idea that love can actually help us run a better business better for our customers better for our shareholders better for our people and when i find like-minded folks i'm happy to help them take that journey
0: yeah and better for our health (laughs) I'm going to add that. (laughs) I'm sure you were, you intended that, but uh, there's one more thing. I mean, you're very um, right to call it out.
1: I just, mental health and also physical health, because the two things are so tight. If you're tied up in knots all the time, intellectually, Mm -hmm. you are not doing your blood pressure or cholesterol levels or any of those things, any good whatsoever. And you're Mm -hmm. more well-versed on this than I am, but I truly feel that one of the secrets of I have the pleasure of occasionally hearing from people that they are surprised that I am the age I am given the way I look and act. And I know I'm an eight year old inside. That's why I love <laughs> cereals. But I know I don't an eight- look like an eight year old. But people an think eight year
0: old with a with his own business and a driver's license, be careful. <laughs> there you go.
1: Anyway, yeah, it 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 is a gift to be more youthful than people expect based Absolutely. on chronological age.
0: Correct. Yes, and um, it's so true. I mean, the 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 thing is that. Like when I work with my clients, it's not just about them and their mindset and how they see and experience the world, but their surroundings. How do you fill your home with love? How do you decorate? What would that look like? What does that feel like? What pieces do you bring in and what pieces do you give away, sell, whatever? I have a client who's really good with Facebook marketplace, buying and selling and And everything has value, right? But you know, how, what does that feel like in your garden? What does that feel like as to where you choose to vacation? I always talk about, you know, who you choose to give your money to. Are you giving it to somebody who aligns at the same level of love that you do? Because I, I do not pay people who I don't align with I just feel like it's it's not right. I want to support those who are on the same mission, that same thing and 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 um for those who are not familiar with Dr. Misuruimoto's um teachings, I would highly recommend. I think I've, I've given the link before, but I'll put it in the show notes again. I'll write myself a note. Um and if I make you he,
1: yeah. You talked about not giving money to people who you don't – not doing business with people you don't align with. I'm just going to bet – let me not bet. Tell me, have you had the experience of telling a prospective client, someone ready to give you money, I don't think this is a good fit because you don't feel – like I knew that you would nod your – Head, yes, and you're doing both of you a favor in that respect if someone's yes. just not gonna get there or they're not there to meet you where they need to be,
0: correct and it's it's um that's a a great question, and yes, I was nodding my head, yes, for those of you on Apple who are not seeing me, uh, so yes, thank you right. thank right. you this for giving podcast, the verbal. <laughs> I appreciate that. But it's a it's a big yes, and I'm going to give you a backstory, Brian, how that came to Please. be, um, because because you have gifts as well, and, and I believe the listener has a, has gifts as well that need to be shared, right? Living out our destiny, and and being that missing piece that is uh, so needed in the world today. For years, for years, I mean, even as a young child, my mother used to say to me, Gina, you're too nice. And I'd not make a face. face and I'd say, I'm going to uh-huh. get into heaven because of that, you know? And she's like, no, it's not a good thing, you know? And what, right? And my mom does listen to the show. So, mom, I did hear you all those times you told me I was too nice. But the point what she was getting at is you're too nice. People take advantage of you. And I just knew as a young girl that I was very different, that I didn't see the world the way other people did, I knew I had to be careful who I told what to because of judgment um, and possibility of being beat up for my beliefs, right? Um, but because uh, I was not very strong then. I am a little stronger now and, you know, uh, a little faster maybe too. But, um, but what I also learned is as I grew up, still believing that it's okay to be too nice, uh, I started my career – And just wanted to help every Tom, Dick, and Harry, and Susie, and Sally, and Annie, right? And not just in my business, but in my personal life. And what happened to me is I could feel my gifts, my intuition, my ability to communicate, my empathy, my woo, my activator, all the things that you know about because we've spoken about these things, right? They've started diminishing and i was exhausted and even my family could see this i'll never forget i came home from a walk with a girlfriend back on the east coast and my daughter said how come every time you're with this per, this friend okay not a client but a friend you come home angry you're like a different person when you come home versus who you were when you left the house and i started you know like yeah this is frustrating and i found that My, this person wanted my advice. I gave my advice and each and every time they never took the advice. And so therefore Mm -hmm. in my opinion, right? The universe works with us. Hey, Gina, I'm not going to give you that gift again. If you're going to use this gift on somebody who is not, you know, in my opinion, when we use our gifts and, and follow our heartfelt desires and our soul level truths, and we really are intentional about that life, our gifts appreciate just like you buying a home and then in 5 years it appreciates and or you know um you buy diamonds or gold bullion or platinum whatever you invest in and it appreciates and if you're not taking care of it your house falls apart the house is not going to appreciate the way it would if i took care of it and so there have there were times where i tried helping everybody even if they were paying me or not paying me and I realized very quickly this is not going to work. I just actually um, had a, a podcast pre-interview with somebody who found me out of the blue, and uh, she said, I, "I'm just interested. Why do you charge your guests on your show?" And I was like, I, "There needs to be an exchange, a value of what we're right, the our time together, etc." And, and Um, but yes, I have now, and it it, it can be even a gardener. We had a pool. We have a pool here in California, never owned a pool in my life. Well, maybe a little plastic pool for the kids when they were young, but this pool has to be maintained, right? This pool does need maintenance and somebody who knows what they're doing. So, but we have a pool guy here that we kept, who was the previous owner's pool guy And I finally said to Mark, we need to, we, I need to fire him. And he's like, what did he do wrong? I said, I don't align with him. He's made a couple of comments, did a couple of things that were quite unprofessional and just low level, not, um, not energetically jiving. Like I should not be paying somebody and then be completely frustrated with them. But, um, yeah, to answer, that's a very long, yeah. answer to your question but yes and i'm sure you have the have had the same and i'm guessing maybe your wife as well where oh, you have to turn question. away
1: people. yeah there's the the example you gave of somebody calling you out of your energy changing when you visited with a particular person in, in your life i mean there are People who give us energy and yes. the people who sap our energy. <laughs> and getting to notice those things and knowing when something feels like temporary or when it's really just a mismatch of psyches, ids. Yes. It it's it's a gift to figure that out. And making the choice of I have two lectures that I do when I do keynote speaking. One of them is about the stuff you introduced when you introduced me, building more connecting love and profit and doing it in a business sense. For some audiences, I get to give just more of an extended meditation on the idea of love. And the first point that I always make to the audience is, you need to start with loving yourself, and it is a sign oh. of self-respect, self-care, self-appreciation to know when you're walking into a situation where someone is draining my energy and not leaving me enough to take care of me, let alone the other people I want to give energy to and care about in the world. Mm-hmm. And so it is, it is an act of self-preservation, self-love to say, this pool guy and I just don't align we don't vibe it's not there and someone who is performing that sort of service where you don't necessarily need to interact with them on the regular is one thing and how much more so do we need to take care of ourselves when we find ourselves in a professional situation where we need to connect with somebody in order to serve them in the way in which we wish to serve them Mm-hmm. And here we're now talking about a sales environment again or a customer mm-hmm. support environment.
0: Yeah.
1: I gotta get, get you. And I ideally you you have to want to get me if we're going to reach mm-hmm. together. Right. All right, off my soapbox.
0: <laughs> no, it's it's so true. So with exquisitely aligned, we called uh I talk about divine resources and there's three, right? It's our time, our money, and our energy. And you hit the nail on the head. And I yeah. think that, mm-hmm. you know, to speak for a moment to the the people who have empathy is one of their top five or 10 out of, let's say, Gallup, um, Gallup strength finders, you know, and, what is important for the person who's listening who has empathy as their top or maybe their child or their spouse does is to realize sometimes because you hit the nail on the head that sometimes there are times in life where if you're so empathic you can pick up other people's energies it's happened to myself and to my daughter and my daughter was three days in a row just really out of sorts, grumpy, talking back, very sassy. I mean, age appropriate, right? Young teen, hormone changes, etc. Now she's 17, but we're talking a few years back. Maybe it was uh, ninth grade ninth so, seventeen
1: isn't quite out of the woods yet either, but I hear you no, but
0: she's uh, thankfully for us she has matured very uh very quickly, and she is extremely aware that this happens to her, and I've guided her on how to protect herself from these other people's and you know at picking up energy from someone else but she had uh, three days in a row, very obnoxious. And I finally asked her, hey, come down. I want to speak to you. Just need you to ask you a question. And I said, you're not, I don't want to know the answer right now. I need you to think about it and then come back. And I said, you could have 24 hours to think about it. And I said, what do you want to know? I said, okay, I have a question for you. I'm seeing that you don't feel like yourself. You don't look like yourself, etc." cetera. And I just want to know, is this your energy or someone else's? She came down 18 minutes later with an answer. Mm -hmm. You're right. It's not mine. It's my girlfriend and explain the story. And so sometimes just for the listener out there, if you're not empathic or if you are and sometimes don't know why do I feel something that's I've never thought this way or I never I feel agitated. I feel anxious. I feel frustrated. I feel angry. And these are things. And I was just having a bad, wonderful day. and I, All I did was walk into the grocery store and come out. You may have picked up someone else's vibe, whether they be your checkout person or like my daughter, a, a close friend. And, uh, you know, you were talking about energy before. There are energy vampires out there who, who typically... Um, have narcissistic tendencies, and they do feed on people like yourself, Brian, who promote love, right, and who Mm -hmm. are um, actively promoting love. It's on your website, it's on your business, it's in your talking, it's in your work with your clients. So anyone who's working in that kind of light love um, feeling, sometimes we attract that kind of person. And it's it's always wonderful, like you said, to be able to have that ability. It's again, what, what is our intention for the day, that gift we have when we put our feet on the ground? Where do we want to spend our time and energy focusing and then our money? Um, so uh, I wanted to ask you uh, about, you know, how, when you shifted your business, sometimes you meet a naysayer who is like, you can't do that, Brian, you just can't put that on your website or you can't, you can't speak about love, it, it with a mic on a stage to a bunch of people in corporate world, you know, had you met any of that or did everyone support you immediately? And it was a piece of cake.
1: <laughs> i the answer is somewhere in the middle. Uh, sure. <laughs> it, it, it is, it is, it is not the case that everyone in my life has gotten it immediately and said, Oh my God, that's just perfect for you. <laughs> but a lot of people have, and, and, you know, in, in our family, we talk about our teams when someone is going through any sort of a crisis, we will rally around and form, you know, team Brian, in my case, or you know, yeah. team daughter's name, team son's name. And we just let them know we are here behind you. So there's always been this bedrock of support for my making some changes, not only in sure. what I talk about, but in the services I end up providing and the kind of organizations I wish to work with. Among what I have found, Gina, is that my very largest clients, the ones who always saw me as a very good educator, good trainer, but where I wasn't helping them with something strategic to the organization's mission, it was more spot work. Mm-hmm. I've largely let those go. There's, there's just not as much there, there. And my true joy and satisfaction and the audiences that I have found that are receptive to this conversation, I like to lead people in. They're more medium-sized organizations. They're the ones with high aspirations who want to do it right. I've gone from working almost exclusively with technology companies, which by the way, I still love. And there are plenty of them out there that have heart and soul to working more and more with companies that are employee owned I have a great relationship with the National Center for Employee Ownership and some of the companies that make up their membership. I am working with organizations that grow wheat in a sustainable way so that they can create flour that is done right for bakers who care. Uh, mm-hmm. I've worked with far more nonprofits on mission critical stuff with their executive directors and such. It's mm-hmm. it, it, these are the folks who get it. And if there's a huge corporation out there that gets it, and someone happens to be listening or watching, Hey, God bless, bring it in and let's do something. <laughs> but it, it's much easier for me to connect with the folks where they see what I'm doing. And instead of trying to push on a rope, Have the folks who say, man, I get what you're doing. I know what you've done in your past. So let's bring those things together and help guide us down a path or help me as a leader guide my team down a path that brings more love, more profit, more satisfaction and more fun for everybody.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think that it's I love that you found your niche, you know, kudos and congratulations. And yes, I do believe When you're in your right space, you know, each of us, when we're in our right space with intention, uh, following, you know, using our gifts and appreciating them, our soul level truths and our desires, we know and connect with them and uh, check off each thing that we do during the day, this does align, this does align and keep going, that we we are seen and heard. And the other word I'm going to use is valued. So I love that they are valuing you, you know, that's, that's um, fantastic. So Brian, I know you brought an offer today and I'm going to let you um, share that with us now, if you don't mind.
1: Sure. No, this talk of love and profit, happens to be the name of a very short little how-to ebook, Love and Profit, 10 Ways to Transform Your Customers into Lustomers. And we haven't, we've talked about love. We haven't talked about lust. So, you know, take it in the spirit in which it's intended. But if you can turn your customers, into regular customers, then fans and advocates and this thing I call lustomers. Now you've really got a symbiotic relationship where they, your customers appreciate the role you play in their lives and helping them achieve their mission. Yeah. And in return, they actively start helping you fulfill your mission and they, mm-hmm. they're still customers. You still have to satisfy, but there becomes more of a relationship there that leads to longer. Longer mm-hmm. customer experiences, more referrals, all that good stuff. So if you go to the website www.3, the number three, the letter C like Charlie or like communications, 3 com, and I'm sure it'll be in the show notes, you yes. will find an offer at the top of the page. Download my ebook. Please go ahead and download it. It'll give you some ideas, whether you're running a corner shop or you're a consultant or you're a sales leader in a really big company. Just a couple of ways to think about how to show the love and how to get the love and how to foster the love in your customer base.
0: That's great. I was going to say I love that, but then it sounded a little too, you know, I do. You're allowed allowed to
1: say that. Love is good. The more we have of it, the better we are, right?
0: (laughs) Right. It aligns. So let's talk about lust for a little bit. We do have time. Um, You know, let's uh, dive in for me. Tell me, tell us a little bit more because I love that.
1: The, the, The lustomer term. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, it works on a few levels for me. I, I I was, as maybe you know, our audience doesn't. I, I was an English major, uh, an English literature major as an undergraduate. And part of the gift I've got around speech writing and being... A clear communicator is the ability to get things to stick in people's minds, which is important mm-hmm. in business. Or if you're leading your PTA or a church board or something like that.
0: Or asking, asking, your, three-year-old or asking your three-year-old to put their toys away, right? It doesn't exactly. matter the age, right? <laughs> stick in
1: the mind.
0: Well, it's why, and I mean,
1: I don't know about you, but when we used to have kids who left toys all over the place, we would do the cleanup song from Barney. <laughs> (laughs) clean up, clean up, everybody clean up. And it, by getting it into a rhythm and making a game out of it, suddenly you've got it stuck in their heads that this is what we do. Now, if I can teach my dogs to do that with their toys, we'd really have something, but a whole different conversation. But this idea of, so Lustimer on one level, it's just a cute name that sticks in people's Heads, but lust and love are closely tied. I do caution my audiences, I I do mention to them. We're not going to go too deep into this because lust is, you know, this is a PG presentation that I give. But the idea of lustomer, I wanted to capture an idea that if you are fortunate enough to turn a prospect into a customer, good on you. If they buy again, they're a regular they're a repeat customer. If they keep buying, they're a regular customer. But then at some point emotion enters into it, not just quantity. Mm -hmm. And it becomes someone is a fan or an advocate. They're loyal to you. Mm -hmm. And when I think of fans and advocates, often it's interpreted as, oh, these are the person who are going to write you a good Google or Yelp review, or Mm -hmm. they are willing to serve perhaps as a reference or bring a referral to you. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. When I
1: talk with my, uh, my corporate clients, we talk about increasing the direct revenue from any given customer. We talk about, stimulating and increasing indirect revenue, mostly through referrals. But then we talk about, again, the emotional stuff, the goodwill of those customers who will actually help you build your brand. That's where the Google and Yelp reviews fit in, but it's also where, in the experience I had in the world of big technology, a customer will go on stage at an event you're putting on or an event where one of your executives is speaking and they will tell their story with their emotion Mm -hmm. and their values and their outcomes. That is not something every customer will do, but by the time they're ready to stand up and say good things about you, Mm. talk to press or analysts about something related to your company Now, you know, you're building that relationship that goes beyond fan or advocate and gets you the lustomer, the ones who will sit in your focus groups, the ones who will be part of an ongoing version of a focus group called an advisory board. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a term to capture that. So with the help of a friend who is very good at these things, we coined the term lustomer. It's now a registered trademark. And It opens up doors for me because people say i need to know more about that
0: right i love it i love it so uh brian it's time to well any last thoughts before we pull a card was there anything that we didn't touch on that you were uh you know thinking beforehand we'd get to touch on
1: no you've given me so much space to to bounce around here and reflect on your reflections Talk about aligning with somebody. No, I've loved mm-hmm. this conversation. And I've been wondering all this time, what's this pulling a card stuff about? So now I'm excited to see where we're going.
0: <laughs> so back in 2017, after having um, used cards for um, to start conversations, I wanted to have something myself. Instead of writing a book at that time, I decided to uh, – prepare two tins of cards called opening to possibilities, because I do believe we have the ability each and every day to open ourselves to other experiences. Like we were talking about different ways of seeing, um, ourselves, others, and life experiences. So I will, uh, when you say go uh, or I'll go, and then you tell me when to stop, I'll pull a card at that point. On there, there is a word on the front. And then on the back, there'll be a statement with three questions. These are used for conversation starters, contemplation, meditation. As I said, a a third grade teacher is using them with her students. And um, or you can use them as journal prompts, depending on how people like to work. So I'll just start rifling through and you tell me when to stop. Stop there kindness of course you got kindness so and I kindness- love the
1: sunflower too
0: for those <laughs> who too. cannot
1: see the back of the card is this beautiful sunflower framed against a clear blue sky
0: yes and sunflowers are one of my favorite flowers I love flowers so in kindness all is possible and I think we've been talking about that on the, the level of love so I'm surprised I didn't pull the love card but it says These are the three questions, and then you, Brian, you decide whether you want to answer one, two, or all three. What acts of kindness have you experienced? How did it melt your heart? What random acts of kindness have you initiated?
1: Not sure when this is going to get posted, but let's let our our listeners know that we're recording this the day after christmas 2023 so acts of kindness this is the time for them right all these december holidays that <laughs> we have, i've been I, I have been blessed with so many acts of kindness i don't even i don't think it's superficial at all to focus on some of the thoughtful gifts that got exchanged in our house Over the Mm -hmm. course of the last month with, you know, some light present giving through through Hanukkah, which will become a much bigger deal in our household when we have grandkids around. But (laughs) yesterday being a convenient day for gathering. I have from the the T-shirt that has a little. Same color thread as the T-shirt, but clear if you know what to look for, that says Cool Dad on it, because my kids know I wouldn't wear a big shirt, you know, a white T-shirt with big block letters that said Cool Dad. That's very much not my style. Uh, From a shirt that that says Cool Dad to books that are going to make my brain come alive with new thoughts. Yeah. I am... I, I see all sorts of act of kindness. I think the third question is, which ones have I done? And yeah, it's it's not it, it's finding the thing that matches the person. In April of la, or April of this year, I was in Los Angeles with my daughter. We were visiting my parents who had recently moved back to their native LA into a retirement mm-hmm. community. And in a store that we were walking through in Venice, we found a stuffed rhinoceros oh. we have we have dear friends who many many years ago long before we knew them got married in a bar called the rhino oh. in detroit michigan and have have done a certain amount of decorating of their beautiful home with little figurines of rhinoceros <laughs> <laughs> thing it bought it kept that thing in the back of my closet for months we put it in a box tomorrow we're doing a zoom call with them and they are going to open that rhinoceros that to me is the essence of gift giving when you get to someone's soul with the gift that you're <laughs> giving that is an act of kindness because it lets someone know you really get me you see me you get me you appreciate yes. me you want me to be a happy person yes that no, is those are some
0: <laughs> so I feel like I've given that
1: one all the air that it needs, but it, it's.
0: Yeah, that's it's incredible
1: gift giving and reflection and that the kindness card fits perfectly.
0: Absolutely. Most definitely. And uh, especially because exquisitely aligned is about being seen and heard for who you Absolutely. were born to be so that uh, we couldn't have planned that anymore perfectly. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Brian, for, not only being a guest today, but for taking what some people would have fallen, felt as, you know, something overwhelming, and instead finding the opportunity for each of you. And I commend your wife as well. And changing and shifting, like you said, not just your personal relationships, but allowing this love to come into the business world, and um, doing it in such a big way uh, while wearing the mic, while being in the office, etc. The, the amount of lives that you touch is profound. And um, I commend you for doing exactly that, for living your calling in such a, a graceful, I was going to say beautiful, but we'll say handsome and a profound and expansive way. So thank you and kudos to you
1: that you now you're you're if you're not watching this if you're just listening my face is beet red thank you that what a and and right back at you having had the gift of learning more about you and your business through the mutual friend who introduced Mm us i can see you're doing the same we are both trying to make the world a better place for our having been here and Mm -hmm. to allow others the pleasure of discovering what a much better place the world can be when they share their gifts. So
0: Absol- thanks absolutely. for the kind words and
1: thanks for having me on here.
0: You're welcome. It's been my great ple- pleasure. So for those of you who are maybe struggling and thinking, well, what are my gifts or what is my purpose? Where am I supposed to be? I've been through something difficult or maybe hell. If you're, if you're in the middle of hell, I'm going to ask you to keep going. The light is ahead, and please continue through. But if you're at that point where you're wondering or scratching your head and just thinking, is this all there really is, and you're looking for something more, I'd love for you to connect. And uh, possibly purpose, possibilities, and Prosecco might be right for you or significant satisfaction and Sangria. You can take a look at it on the website. Till next time, be exquisite.